Hallelujah. Can you just lift your hands right there? If he's your everything, can you lift your hands right there? God is my all and he's my everything. He's my everything, everything, oh yeah, 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 God is, he's my own, and, come on, just lift your hands right where you are, come on, if you've made it over the past 17 months, not on your own strength, not with Dr. Fauci's, but by the grace and the mercy of God. Help me just say, God is a God is my all. Because he's my all, that's why I say, I am persuaded, Lord. To love you, I have been changed to bless your name, for I am constrained by this great gospel. Forever to worship thee. If you know it, just sing it with me sweetly. Say, I am persuaded. No, 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 no. I am. I am persuaded, Lord. Lord, to love you. I. I have been changed to bless your name. I am constrained. I am constrained by this great gospel. Any worshipers in the house that just say, Lord, I'll worship you forever. For it. I'll worship, I'll worship. And now, God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people once again. Lord, we thank you for the glory that's already in the room. We bless you and we honor you, O oh God, for the fact that you have kept us and you have brought us this far. Thank you for the opportunity to assemble once again in person. Lord, we're thankful for the virtual apparatus, but Lord, we're thankful that we're able to come where two or three are gathered in your name. God, you promised that you would be in our midst. And so, Lord, we ask that you would just come and visit us in this moment right now. We've studied and prepared, but Lord, we need you to breathe on that which we shall give, and we'll forever give you the glory give you the honor, and give you all the praise. It's in the matchless name of Jesus. Let every glad heart say, thank God. Amen. 
Now, can you put those wonderful hands together and give God praise right there? Come on. It's been a while since we've been able to do it corporately. Come on. Can we make some noise? See, we've been shouting at screens for so long. We've been talking back to telephones, but now that we're in the hallowed house, now that we're back on hallowed ground, we're back in the sacred space, can you lift up your voice and say, God, I thank you. Lord, I magnify you. There's so many persons that are not here right now, but God, I thank you that I'm still in the land of the living. Glory to the name of the Lord. Sister Greta, I'm understanding that there's some folks that feel like that they deserved to make it through the global pandemic. But when it is that I began to go through some of my timeline and see so many of the different pictures, it's to the point to where I'm afraid to look at pictures now because I'm thinking there's about to be some dates under them because so many persons have gone in the past 17 months. That's why I'm so excited about the fact that I'm still here, able to stand in front of you, able to lift up my hands, able to walk in and out of stores, able to, oh, praise God, maybe that's nobody else's testimony. But I wonder if there's anybody that's grateful that can just shout, Lord, I thank you. God bless the name of the Lord. Let me just keep on moving with what we've got to do on today. We praise God for being here with you on, on today. We thank God for being home once again. Hope well. We are so glad to see you once again. We are so thankful to be in your presence again. And while you're clapping, would you put your hands together for my friend, for my brother, none other than your own pastor, Pastor Christopher Earl Swims. Come on, come on, come on. He's not here, but let him hear you. He's watching right now. Let him hear you. Praise the Lord. I thank God for my brother. My brother, that's not just an active pastor, but active in the community, active in individuals' lives, and a man that is committed and dedicated to helping other people find their best life. Amen, somebody. Praise the Lord. We praise God for Lady Brittany. We thank God for her. We praise the Lord that they are able to get some well-deserved rest. Praise the Lord. We thank God for them. And we thank God for each and every one of you that are here on today. We praise God for the portion of Zion Temple that came with us on today. We've had a very busy weekend, Brother Kurt. We've been celebrating my mother. You know my mother would normally be here anytime I'm preaching, Stacy, but she's celebrating. We celebrated her 70th birthday on yesterday. Praise the Lord. And so her birthday is actually Tuesday, but we decided to make good of a weekend. Praise God. And so we wanted to celebrate her and this family from all over, literally from Seattle and Texas and Chicago. And so I told her to go and see them off. They're having breakfast right now without the pastor. Praise the Lord while I'm hungry. Praise the Lord. But they praise the Lord that they'll be going back on the road on today. And then we'll be going back to Zion to celebrate her a little bit more this afternoon. And so we praise God for each and every one of you. And then I cannot go any further without celebrating my own queen. Lady Neil Fonzio, would you put your hands together for my girl? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank God for her. We praise God for each and every one of you. We're going to go right on into this word. We praise God for this wonderful praise team. We praise God for you. We thank God for you setting the atmosphere on today. If you have your Bibles, I would that you would go quickly with me to the book of John, the ninth chapter. I'm just going to look at one verse. 
John the ninth chapter and the I'm sorry, John the ninth chapter and the fourth verse. And when you find it, if you would rest on your feet just for one moment as I read the scripture that says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Just for the next few fleeting moments, I would that you would pray with me from the topic, I'm working on something. Look at somebody next to you. I know you can't touch them right now, but just look at them and tell them, I'm working on something. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. I'm working on a building. It's a true foundation. I'm lifting up the blood-stained banner for my Lord. I'll never get tired of working on the building. I'm going up to heaven to get my reward. This is a spiritual of indeterminate origin considered by some to be first heard in the late 1800s. This song simply declares that I'm working on something. Understand that our ancestors, they sang songs of substance like the aforementioned songs or songs that would let you know, I ain't going to let nobody turn me around. I'm going to keep on walking, keep on talking, marching on to freedom land. Somebody holler, I'm working on something. Any NBA fans in the room right now, you probably joined me last night in trying to watch the NBA finals where it is that Chris Paul, CP3, he is considered to be one of the top five point guards of all time. However, he has no rings has no championships out of that 16-year career. And so right now, although he's down three to two, he's working on something. Across the field, he has a brother by the name of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I learned how to say it. Praise the Lord. They called him the Greek freak. Praise the Lord. This is a brother who has multiple MVPs. He's a bad boy, but he has no rings. And so despite a few weeks, a couple weeks ago during a game, he hyperextended his left knee and folks thought that he was out for the count. However, he had something that he was working on and he decided I'm not going to let this thing shut me down. And miraculously, this brother has come back and has been shutting down the Phoenix Suns. I'm sorry, y'all, they say this ain't ESPN. Listen, they, hey, he's shutting them down because he's working on something. Somebody say, I'm working on something. When you say I'm working on something, it indicates to the listener that there's something that's in the works that's about to bless those fortunate enough to witnesses up close and personal. Let me just give you a little warning, though, that you can't allow any and everyone to be in your personal space these days to hear and to see what it is that you're working on. You can't let everyone go and know what you're working on, and you can't necessarily spend time trying to articulate every point every time. Understand, I don't have time to spell it out right now. Just know that I'm working on something. That's why scripture says that you can't be yoked with an unbeliever. Now, I understand that most times when we hear that scripture, persons are trying to give marital advice and they're trying to give you marital tools. But understand that that scripture is not just for marriage, but for relationships altogether. Because when it is that I'm hooked up with an unbeliever, that means I've got to spend time trying to convince you to believe what it is that I'm saying. But understand that a believer believes 
believes that even if I don't see it right now, it shall come to pass. Because you're working on something. Understand that when you're working on something, it entails working now and playing later. It entails long days and short nights, but you're working on something. Understand that when you're working on something, if you're like me, I don't like to be distracted or disturbed, especially when I get on a roll. Once I start in a specific flow, I don't like to be bothered. And it causes me to ask the question that could it be that the reason why we haven't realized our dreams just yet is because we keep allowing persons to distract and disturb us and take us off of our focus. Listen, anyone that knows me, they could testify that this has become a mantra of mine, especially in ministry. If in fact you were to just go and observe my life, you would see on Sundays, my Sundays, Greta, they normally consist of opening up service and praying and playing and singing and preaching and closing down the same service by myself oftentimes, but I'm working on something. Uh, Mondays normally consist of a brother going to work for DCFS, having to have interactions with unknown persons who ever come across my screen, then coming back to Zion Temple to do a recap from Sunday, and then preparing and rehearsing the praise team, often not getting home until after 9 o'clock at night, but I'm working on something. Tuesdays usually consist of something similar to where I'm working that same DCFS job, then presenting a prepared Bible study, and then having a practice recording section with the praise team. Once again, not getting home to about 8 or 9 o'clock at night, but I'm working on something. Wednesday night through th Friday, I'm usually going back to that same job and listening for God to sh give me what to share for Sunday and then the following Tuesday. But it's all good because I'm working on something. Saturday is normally known as a day when you can kind of kick back and kick it and have fun with the family and with friends, but not necessarily so for pastors because instead of resting, I'm usually finalizing uh, along with all of this. I'm, I'm, I'm resuming my doctoral process right now, whereas I'm a doctoral candidate in the, in the process right now of the dissertation phase, having to do all of that and finding myself not sleeping as much as I would like to sleep, but I'm working on something. Understand that it might cause for my wife to have to sacrifice time with me, but I'm working on something. My children may not be able to go and play with me as much right now in this season, but I'm working on something. Mama may not be able to have as many visits as she likes, but I'm working on something. I wonder if there's anybody in the room right now that can say, it's getting rough right now. It's getting tight right here. I'm not able to go and kick it as much as I like, but I'm working on something. I wonder if there's anybody working on it. There's an old song that says, I've been working on the railroad all my live long day. It doesn't matter what you're working on. Make sure you're working on something. Uh, let me get on to my text. I'm trying to be done in just a few moments. In our text, chapter 9, chapter 9 is where we are. But if you go back one chapter, in chapter 8, you would find that Jesus has found himself in a variety of peculiar situations because they kept trying to trap him up on technicalities. And so Jesus is preaching in chapter 8, Mama Lou, and all of a sudden, the Bible records that there's some brothers that have gone and they have presented this young thing, this young lady, and they throw her at Jesus' feet. And they say, hey, Jesus, we just caught her in the act of adultery, which lets me know that either they were some peeping toms or they had just got finished first. 
It's, it said, we, I said something wrong. It said we caught her in the act of adultery. And we know what the law says to do. But what say you? And the Bible records that Jesus did not respond. Can I tell you something? Sometimes you need to learn how to not respond. The Bible records Jesus didn't respond initially. He began writing in the ground. And I can imagine they started pressing him. Jesus, did you not hear us? The Bible recorded that Jesus stood up and basically said, he who was without sin, let them cast the first stone. The Bible records that land that they must have been upset in their spirits because one by one they dropped their stones and went away, which lets me know, Uncle Keith, that they showed up to the event actively ready to engage, actively ready to kill her until Jesus checked them. Can I tell you something? There's some people that's been in your life that's been coming to your place of business. They've been coming to your houses, coming to your church scenes. They've been coming into your life with loaded clips. I'm sorry, with rocks in their hands. Actively engaged, ready to take you out. But understand that God has blocked something. Oh, old folks would say he keeps me, he keeps us, keeps us from danger, seen and Un oh, yeah, I must have had grandmamas like me. And so after this scene is over with, he, 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 he looks up and he sees that all the people have left. And he asks the girl, he says, where are all of your accusers? Where did where, where they go? Where, what, what, what happened? And the Bible records, it says that they were all gone. He says, do they, are they not here to accuse you? She said, no, Lord, they've left. He says, well, I don't accuse you either. Just go and sin no more. Someone that's listening to me right now, folks have been trying to take you out because of what you've done. The Lord says, I'm not accusing you, just don't do it no more. They don't like it. <laughs> just don't do it no more. <laughs> Any parents in the room, oh, praise the Lord. Let me keep on moving. The Bible records after this particular scene, Jesus goes back to preaching. He goes back to having conversation. And it was at this point in time that Jesus really started getting under their skin. That he really started getting on their nerves because he started saying things like, if you really want to know God, then you really should get to know me. <laughs> he begins to talking about the fact that I am the way, the truth, and the light. He begins talking to them, saying that I, I they, he says the stuff like, I am, uh, if you see my father, if you've seen me, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. He begins engaging with them, and he begins having conversations about Abraham, which makes them scratch their head and say, how is it that you're talking about that you knew Abraham when you're not even 50 years old? You two young to have known Abraham. Jesus claps back and says, before Abraham was, I am. I understand. Jesus had a clap back for every situation. And it was at this point in time, he begins talking about the fact that you're not of Abraham's seed. You're of your father's seed, the devil. <laughs> Them fighting words. And it was at that point in time, they began to want to fight Jesus because they done basic, he just basically called them out. And so as they picked up those rocks again, to instead of throwing them at the woman they wanted to now throw them at Jesus and so as they're getting ready to take him out Jesus hits them with the old duck and move and gets up out of there which is where we join tonight today's installment where Jesus in the beginning of chapter 9 Jesus and his crew has just come across a man who has been blind from his birth and so now the disciples are facing a theological problem because at that point in time, they believed that all sin had been caused from, that it had caused all suffering. Sin was the part. Sin was the reason. Sin was what 
took place that caused persons to be in the predicament that they were currently in. And so how could a person be born with a handicap? They figured either this man sinned in his mother's womb or his parents had sinned. And so Jesus informed them that the blindness, the issue, the problem at hand was not caused by sin, but so that the glory of God could be displayed in his life. Do you not understand, someone that's still listening to me and you haven't tuned me out just yet, do you understand that your present situation, your present issue right now only exists so that God can display his glory? You don't like good news? <laughs> it only exists so that God can display his glory. And so as I get ready to try to wrap this thing up, I came to encourage someone today, don't be thrown off by darkness posing as night. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. Don't be thrown off by the darkness posing as night. Jesus says, I must work the work of him that has sent me while it is day. When the night comes, no man can work. When the night cometh, no man can work. Can I give you some information? Night is coming. I don't want to get, I'm not going to leave you there, but I needed to let you know that night is coming. But I need you to understand that night is more than the absence of light. Night has nothing to do with exposure to light. August 20th, 2017 was one of the darkest days of my life when my father suddenly went home to be with the Lord. Well, Elder Corey, that very next day was August 21st, 2017, the day that we had this great eclipse. You remember persons were coming from all over the country. They wanted to come to get a bird's eye view, so to speak. They wanted the perfect sighting for this eclipse. When this eclipse took place, the, the moon came and blocked the sun perfectly. For a period of time, it was complete darkness outside. You remember the circadian rhythms were messed up. The, 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 the insects and the grasshoppers began to think that they had missed their wake-up call. And they all of a sudden, they began to chirp and began to flutter because they thought that something had gone awry, not realizing that there was a special event that was taking place that was simply blocking access to the light. Oh, my God. Let me try it like this. You understand. We say it like this from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same. Understand, Stacy, I don't I stopped saying that because of the fact that the sun doesn't rise. <laughs> Nor does it set. Look how y'all looking at me, huh? Because understand that if in fact the sun were to rise, if the sun were to set, that would indicate that the sun was revolving around us. When in fact, it's the other way around. The sun is staying right where it's at. And in essence, when we see a sunrise, it simply means that we've gotten in position to receive the light that's always been there. Someone in the room right now has felt like you've been in a night season when the truth of the matter is God says, I didn't move. When the night comes, no one 
can work. No one can work. Now, understand, we need to learn the difference between blockage and blackout. <laughs> we, we need to learn the difference between not having access to light and night. Understand that night symbolizes secession from life. Uh, when the night comes, when death comes, night is coming. Tell somebody, night is coming. That's why I would dare say that the mentality of the sagacious generation before us, they would suggest I'll rest when I'm dead. But for now, I'm working on something. <laughs> Uh -huh. Because the older generation, they took Proverbs serious when they start talking about laziness. Matter of fact, 2 Thessalonians even went as far as saying, if a man don't work, he, oh, you read it, praise the Lord. Uh, understand that death doesn't have to present itself as we're accustomed. Sure, when death comes, no one can put in the work after that. But scripture says, when night cometh, no one can work. Some of us know about nighttime. Some of those seasons of life when we're just as good as dead. Those seasons of nighttime when the dreams that, 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 that we've had, they're now ready for burial. Where there's no signs of life in us. Times when we didn't want to get out of bed. We didn't want to mobilize. But understand, Jesus comes with good news and says, I come that you might have, have life and life more abundantly. That's why I must work while it is day. I must work while I'm alive. Greta, not only while I have breath in my body, but while I have strength to accompany my breath. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to just tell myself I'm turning 47 on Saturday. I accept cash apps. Understand I'm turning 47 on, sa on Saturday and, and understand that I, I don't have the same energy that I had 20 years ago. Uh-huh. If there was a pickup game of basketball, I was joining. We full court? Okay. Today, I watch because I don't have the same energy. From 20 years ago at, at 46, I'm 46 now. 20 years ago, was, I was 26. Around that time, it was around noon in my life. Today at 46, it's about 3.30. 20 years from now, I'll find myself not having as much energy as I have right now. Because then it'll be around 6.30, close to 7. Look at some of y'all looking at your watch. What time is it for me? Listen, I, I don't have the same energy. I don't, I don't have the same ability to go. Some, don't look at me in that tone of voice. Some of y'all getting up with, with, with a soundtrack. Oh, Lord. When you're starting to hear stuff cracking and popping and ain't no cereal on the table. We're, we're in a different stage of life. We're in a different platform, different place. I must work while it is day. I may not have the same energy that I had, but I got some. That's why I'm working on something. Rich Talbert said it like this, Cherie. He says, we're alive because there's more. Can I tell somebody something today? The reason why you haven't gone to sleep yet is because there's more. The reason why you haven't died yet because there's more. The reason why God hasn't thrown you away yet, because there's more. Did God have reason to throw you away? Yep. Did God have license to take you out? Yep. But understand that he said there's more. Somebody shout, there's more. 
I dare you to put a church voice on and say, there's more. Let me get done with this. Look at somebody, act like you're their supervisor and tell them, get back to work. <laughs> Understand, my question to you right now is to simply ask you, what are you working on? Ask your neighbor, what are you working on? <laughs> Somebody's listening to me right now. I came to challenge and to charge you to get back to work. My question for you today as I get ready to bounce up out of here, what are you working on? Somebody in this room right now starting to have questions and you're starting to think about what is it that you're working on? Somebody that's listening to me right now might say, I'm working on my mouth. <laughs> I'm working on my attitude. I'm working on reinventing me, but I'm working on something. I'm working on listening before I speak, but I'm working on something. I'm working on not jumping to conclusions all the time. I'm working on not eating everything that's cooked on the plate before me, but I'm working on something. I'm working on not sleeping with everything that's stacked in black eyes. thighs. I'm working on something. I'm working on not flirting with everybody that says hi to me. Somebody say, I'm working on something. I'm working on not taking everything personal. I'm working on not wearing my feelings on my sleeve, but I'm working on something. Somebody how I'm working on something. Listen, someone might be working on getting your name back because the Bible says that a good name is better than riches. Come here, Jacob. What is your name now? It's Jacob. Nope. Your name is now Israel. Simply because I had to go and shift you from who you were into who you are to be. So I know what Jacob looks like. Now show me who Israel is. Someone might be working on proving your doubters wrong. I know what it looks like to believe them, but someone else's opinion ain't none of your business. So now show me what it looks like to prove everybody wrong. Somebody say, I'm working on something. Someone might be working on your degree. Someone might say, I know what blowing off class looks like. I know what majoring in spades looks like. Now show me what hard work and burning the midnight oil looks like. Show me what moving away from those uncommitted looks like. Somebody holler, I'm working on something. Someone might be working on your sobriety. I know what your stagger looks like. Now show me what your swagger looks like. Somebody say, I'm working on something. Someone may be working on your marriage, and you might say, I know what being conjugal roommates look like, but now show me what marital bliss looks like. I'm working on something. Someone may be working on their finances. I know what going and splurging and, and making it rain looks like, but now show me what discipline and saving looks like. Somebody say, I'm working on something. Someone may be working on their walk with God, and I know what backsliding looks like. I know what going returning to my vomit looks like but now show me what Satan's failure looks like for those of you that don't know what Satan's failure is Marilyn every time someone gets saved at Zion Temple I'll take a selfie with them and I'll post it on Facebook and I will caption it this is what Satan's failure looks like and I've got a sneaky suspicion that there's about 75 members of the Satan failure crew in the room Pastor Stevie what Satan's failure crew looks like Satan's failure crew looks like persons that the enemy tried to take out but failed. You ain't got to get excited. I'm excited every day that I wake up because there's been an active hit out on my life. 
There's been people actively trying to take me out. There's been demons that have actively tried to cut my throat, tried to snuff me out, that's tried to make sure I don't wake up the next morning. But the devil is a liar. I wonder if there's anybody in the room right now that should have been dead by now, that could have been taken out by now. But the blood of Jesus, it still works. Do me a favor and say, neighbor, oh, neighbor. Tell them, I'm so glad that the blood still works. Now, somebody put a shout on that right there. Open your mouth and shout, glory. Satan's failure looks like me. Satan's failure looks like sobriety. Satan's failure looks like abstinence. Satan's failure looks like monogamy. Oh, we done got quiet. Satan's failure looks like good parenting. Satan's failure looks like restored relationships. Satan's failure looks like a return back to school. Satan's failure looks like a return to salvation. Satan's failure looks like a return to ministry. Satan's failure looks like a return to lucidity and common sense. Satan's failure is a return to moral values. Somebody shout, I'm working on something. Somebody shout, I'm working on something. The old saints would say, there's a leak in this here building, but I'm working on something. There's been a leak in my mind, but I'm working on something. There's been a leak in my judgment, but I'm working on something. There's been a leak in my actions, but I'm working on it. I haven't gotten everything together just yet, but I'm acting working on it so don't judge me on my past judge me on my work ethic Word judge me on what I'm doing right now you may have known me back then but how you like me now boo understand that all things are passed away and behold all things are new and since God has entrusted me with something brand new I got to keep on working do me a favor and look at your neighbor and say neighbor oh neighbor don't you give up don't you give up tell them keep on working keep on trusting keep on believing keep on seeking God keep on growing in grace keep on saying this ain't it understand that if in fact God trusted me through my dark space then God is about to elevate me for my next space anybody excited about your next I said anybody excited about where God is taking you this ain't it if this was it I should have died a long time ago but the reason that I'm still here is because there's more more joy more hope more life understand uncle keith if god wanted to take you out he could have had you with COVID. he could have had you with the stroke but there's more somebody shout i'm so glad that there's more anybody under the sound of my voice that's excited about your more i dare you to take 10 seconds and give god a thunderous praise a radical praise that he looked beyond my faults, looked beyond my flaws, looked beyond my repetitious acts. When I repeated instead of repented, he looked beyond my faults and said that there's more. And since he said there's more, I'm going to keep on working. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, keep on working. Give God glory.